Metallica, here they come, the kings of metal! This is Johnny Z, and you're listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. Welcome to the Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. This is episode 292, and we're going to do another deep cut dive. And this song barely makes it by our criteria, which is played 100 times or less. Oh. This has been played 99 times, the wow. shortest straw. Oh, well, good thing we got to it when we did. I know, because, I mean, they played it last uh, last year at the 40th anniversary shows, and it could happen again. So, wanted to sneak this one in before it hit 100. Well, I'm excited to dip into a little Justice sauce. This is our first deep cut yeah. dive from Justice, right? Uh, yeah, this one's going to be a, a good time. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we're an All Metallica podcast. Ethan and I are two professional touring musicians who make time every week, despite our insane schedules. Insane. To talk about our favorite band, which is Metallica. But we do it together. We do both together. So. We do both together, yes. Yeah, our insane schedules, we do as one. Let's just start doing everything together. Let's do our marriages together. Yeah, it's all moving. in. Yeah. I, dude, I grew up on Ghostbusters, so the, the idea of everyone living in the firehouse and sliding mm-hmm. down the pole together, I always have loved that idea. I mean, you know, what we could do is I could sell my house, maybe try to buy the one next door to you, Yeah. maybe build a little bridge yep. on the second floor, and on that on that bridge is the fire pole, an outdoor fire pole. Wow, you've got this all figured out, dude. This is all coming to me as I'm talking <laughs> right now. This is, this is divine Can we talk through the can, the can and string? Yeah, yeah, well, that, we'll have that hooked up, too. Hey, Clint, are you still awake? <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> can you see the moon, too? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we're looking at the same moon. Well, we, thank you for joining us, however you got here. I don't know how you got here. New people come. All the time. That's right. Um, maybe it's because you, a buddy, told you about it. Maybe it's because it popped up on social media. Maybe because Lars recommended it to you. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe James sang about it. Maybe James sang about it at one of these shows over in Europe. Um, I don't know, but we're glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, whatever you, whatever interests you in the Metallica world, we have talked about it. Yes, at length, in depth. I invite you to look at our previous 390 episodes. Yeah, where I mean, are we at? Well, this is, you know, as official episodes, obviously 292, but we're over 400. Over as four? Far, as far as like all the bonus content. Yeah. But it, it's it's interesting. Like, you know, we, we often encounter people that uh, maybe have a Metallica shirt on or we talk about Metallica somehow, some way. And we mentioned the podcast. And the first question I usually get is, well, like, what kind of stuff do you cover? Like, have you covered this? <laughs> and I, my response is this other than Lulu. If you can think about it, we've probably covered it. Yeah. Well, what about uh, Justice? Yes. What about Justice? What about Cliff? <laughs> yes. Episode three or whatever. You guys ever talked about Inner Sandman? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I just go, you know, get on your podcast app and scroll through the episodes. and You'll find something that you like in the Metallica universe. I'm proud of it. It's a very uh, robust body of work that when it's all said and done, which who knows when that will be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe this is the last episode. I don't know. 
I mean, I hope not. That, I hope some not strange, <laughs> Some strange things would have to occur for this to be the last episode. Some stranger things. <laughs> so we're going to get into that in a second. But uh, anyway, we're glad you're here. Let's talk about some news. We're going to read all 100% Patreon-exclusive messages right. today. All patron emails. And uh, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about in terms of giveaways and stuff for patrons. Also, the Metal Tales. We're rounding up all the Metal Tales for the European tour. That's right. And and beyond. So uh, let's do it. Let's get into the housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. First bit of news is Metallica donated $137,000 to flood disaster victims in Western Germany. This is pretty cool. They released a limited edition Enter Sandman single off, um, off the back of the 30th anniversary of the Black Album, which came in numbered glow-in-the-dark 7-inch vinyl, maxi-CD, and 3-inch pocket CD formats. Hmm. Pocket CDs, like those little tiny ones, like mini discs, I guess. I don't, I don't know what that Maybe is. Maybe this is also still cool in Germany. <laughs> das Toll. Uh, but this was cool. It was it, it was only distributed within Germany, and all and, and with all the sales profits going to the victims of the flood. That's great, man. That's pretty cool. Another reason, obviously, Metallica, they're philanthropists. Yeah, you know they they do a lot of great work in the world. Yeah, you know, and don't be one of those people that comments they could donate more. Well, so could you, mother. Yeah, how much did you donate, bitch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is more, uh, not more, but uh, just as uh, cool and news, uh, also exciting, is that according to GQ Magazine, Metallica is the new Kate Bush, which meaning uh, how Stranger Things catapulted Master Puppets into the charts. So that's something that happened a few weeks ago on a Stranger Things episode, a Kate Bush song from 87, I think, or 86. Okay. Either way, mid-80s. All of a sudden, is back on the charts, and people are freaking out. Like whole new generation of people discovering Kate Bush. Right. Same thing just happened with Master of Puppets. I haven't seen this episode yet. Apparently, it's in the finale. But Metallica's Master of Puppets is one of the most played songs in both the UK and the US after dropping into the show's epic two-hour finale. As of Monday morning, uh, the 36-year-old song stands at number 35 on Spotify's top 50 in the UK and 21 in the US. Cool. Um, but pretty cool. I mean, I mean, I, it's weird that there's people in the world that don't know Metallica, <laughs> but I get it. You know, Master Puppets, even though, yeah, that is their, you know, their peak or their, you know, their masterpiece. Right. But, you know, people my nephew's age don't know about that. So maybe they watch any things and go, wow, what's this? You know? Yeah. It's similar to like kids that are getting turned on to like, not just Metallica, but other hard rock music through Guitar Hero. Yeah. Exactly. There are all these like cultural waves of ways that people get turned on to it mm-hmm. and the thing that's interesting <clears throat> we don't have to camp out here long because i know most of our listeners get this but like the thing that's interesting about the kate bush thing metallica whenever this happens is like there's always the people that are like annoyed that people are just now learning about it through mm-hmm. some pop culture like it's almost like a it was smuggled in like a trojan horse you know <laughs> right because this i haven't seen stranger things but literally everyone's talking about yeah, it of course it's yeah. like a huge cultural moment right now and so very very cool that our boys got to be involved in that and obviously i hope that it gets people interested but here's one thing i'm not interested in is that people are like oh you only like him because of stranger things it's like dude oh my god aren't you just glad someone discovered it who cares i mean i was probably that dude when i was younger yeah when you were a kid right but like but even you know thinking back about when i got into metallica there was probably some dude at my junior high or whatever, when saw me in Metallica shirt, like, oh, he probably just got into him because the blackout, right? And cool, I, whatever. At least I got into him. It's like, well, kids forever get a pass for being jerks because you have to, you have to try it. You know, we were talking right before we started rolling. Like, you know, kids try things on, and mm-hmm. you know, you you have to try on being mean. You have to try on being uh, elitist. You have to try yeah. on being a gatekeeper. And what most kids who have good parents and have a good conscience do is they try it on and they go, I don't like the way it feels. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be the guy quizzing some, you know, quote unquote like influencer hot chick over how many Metallica songs she knows. Right. Pre nineteen ninety one. Or trying to tell people what they should or shouldn't. Yeah, it's like, like is that who you want to is that how you want to like here's what I'm am 
too busy. Too busy to do that to anybody. Yeah. If you're wearing the shirt, great. I don't care. Mm-hmm. If you know what uh, Escape is, awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll share that my love for that song with you. If you don't know what it is, I get it. It's a deep cut that no one, not a lot of people heard. Yeah. And the band doesn't play. Who cares? And I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, if you know, now that I'm older, like if I see like a younger kid walking down the street, um, shooting people that I meet, fully loaded Tommy gun, mm-hmm. uh, in a Metallica shirt, Anthrax shirt, whatever, fucking misfits. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. That's rad. They're yeah. wearing a damaged justice. Who shirt. was it? We talked. Was it Anya? We talked to where she. We were talking about these these kind of high school moments because because mm-hmm. again, I can't reiterate enough. If you're doing it when you're a kid, that's fine. You have to figure all that out. If you're doing it past high school, you're a loser and yeah. a, and a nerd, and you need to get over it yeah. and grow up. But she was talking about a high school experience where she said she bought the Misfits shirt because she thought it looked cool. Yeah, and she said some like cool guy in school, which doesn't sound that cool to me. Yeah, kind of called her out. Remember, was she was it yeah, Anya yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah, we were talking about that. She we had the skull, London. the misfit skull, yep. and she hadn't heard the band. She just thought the shirt was cool. Yeah, because it's an awesome shirt. And some guy that she, I guess everyone kind of looked up to, like the music guy, kind of called her out. And, I feel like you know, you know, being the very mature adult that I am now, um, if I sat down with somebody and they had a misfit shirt on, and I asked them, "Hey, do you do you know their music?" and they said no, I'd be, I'd be excited, like, "Oh man, yeah. you should check out this, this, and this, right. see if you like it." Right. You know, rather than like. Why you wearing the shirt? It's such a different posture, right? Like one is like you don't belong in the club I'm in, mm-hmm. or you you know you <clears throat> you have to pass the test, right? And one is hey, come on in, like oh if you're new here, let me show you where to sit. Yeah, you know exactly. Like, there's just several different. Uh, there's two different postures to have, and yeah. who, I want to do the cool one. Exactly. Um, I also feel like too like. <laughs> The landscape has changed so much. Everyone's talking about like the Spotify charts instead of like the actual. I know it's weird, right? Like Metallica's gonna be number one again. I'm like, I mean, on Spotify. But, yeah. Um, if I had to choose one, I mean, you know, if you had to choose one Metallica song, would it be Puppets? I guess from the early days, you'd have to pick Puppets. Yeah. Uh, anything past ninety, you've got to pick Salmon or Fuel. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about you know Puppets being kind of the quintessential like yeah first song that someone should listen to. It definitely is. Or at like, least check out. You like know? if you don't like Master Puppets, you probably are not going to like Metallica. Yeah, at least the first decade. Or maybe you, you only like Saint Anger. I don't know. Maybe you only like Lulu. <sighs> Yikes! We don't choose these things as, as you've <laughs> as you've taught us. <laughs> I mean, I look for free will. I, I look I look for it in my life. Yeah. Um, and if you really are paying attention, I don't I don't see it anywhere. Right. Your thoughts. You're not the author of your thoughts. Your thoughts occur to you, and then you behave accordingly. Then you act on them, yeah. So if you are not the author of your own thoughts, where is free will? Mm-hmm. Right. You you have no freedom to do things that don't occur to you. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's deep shit, because you got to figure out, like, culpability, responsibility. Why do you do mm-hmm. good things? Why why is it why does it matter to be a good person? Yeah. I think all of those answers, all of those questions have answers in, in a vacuum of free will. Speaking of deep cut dives, we're getting real deep at the top of the episode here. Well, the point is, the point is, whether you're reevaluating Kate Bush or Metallica, it's cool. It's a cool thing. I hope people come in. I think culture is so interesting now that, like, there'll be another, just like there's Metallica's the new Kate Bush, there'll be another thing tomorrow. Of course, yeah. I'm I'm not sure it's going to be that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's gonna be that big of a deal? I mean, they'll have they'll have a, you know streaming numbers go up. Maybe people will actually buy the record CD. Whatever. I don't, I don't think anyone's it's, gonna it's buy. Gonna be, no one's gonna buy any records. 
Do you think people are going to buy records? There's got to be someone out there that hears it and like, and, and this is what turns them on to the band. And they're like, wow, this is rad. Yeah, but people listen, people don't buy records. People listen to Spotify they and do, Apple yeah. Music. They're going to they're gonna add it to their streaming. I guess, I mean, I guess on the other side of things is... If, no one's if, rushing to the record store. Well, what I'm saying is if, if, let's say there's someone that doesn't really know Metallica's music and collects vinyl, I would imagine they know Metallica if, yeah. if they're in record stores all the time yeah. or whatever, but... Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, this is it's going to be something else next week with whatever big show. And I don't think kids collect vinyl. I mean, people of a certain age collect vinyl. Yeah. Guess what? That's me and you. And a lot of our listeners who are also of and we're not a certain age. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean. How often do you, I'm just curious about you, because I do do this sometimes, but not often. How often do you hear something in a movie or a show and you shazam it or you look it up and you're like, oh, I'm going to get into that? Uh, n- not that often, but every once in a while I'm like, oh, that's kind of rad sounding. There are occasionally shows that like obviously have really well curated music. Mm-hmm. I've just finished this show on HBO called Euphoria and the music is just great throughout. Right. And I found myself often looking up, you know, like, what is this? You know, because it's all kind of younger, younger people mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Um. <laughs> Me and Isbo actually re- recently rewatched The OC. I don't know if you remember oh, that the show. Oh, The OC. Oh, yeah. Which is it, whoever did the... Uh, California. Whoever, exactly. Phantom <laughs> yeah. Planet. Oh, yeah. Whoever did the uh, the curation for that show was obviously a music lover. So yeah. it's like early aughts, like Death Cab for Interpol, Cuties in it. Probably. Yeah, but it's like all really good Snow stuff. Patrol. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we were going back through it. And we're like, man, the soundtrack. And they used to actually put out soundtracks to do oh, yeah, like season sure. one of The OC. Because it was really good. Well, and back then, I mean, that show was so big that like that would help your band like crazy. I think in that, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I just think the time for this matters less. Like, if you could get on like the OC season one soundtrack, mm-hmm. that was going to sell CDs. Yeah, and people, you know, if they put the shins on there, the shins would go from playing the 500 cap room in Birmingham to playing the 2000 cap room. Right. It just really used to matter way more, and for more, sure. and more for like indie bands. A mm-hmm. band like Metallica, I can't imagine there's many people who've never heard of them. I mean, they don't need it, but is it cool? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my opinion that no one asked for, but I do this podcast that thousands of people listen to, <laughs> right. is it's just more of them. Like I think as they wind down, they're like, "How do we stay relevant in culture?" Yeah, and they're like, "Well, we, you know, obviously some music supervisor over at Stranger Things is like a huge fan." Yeah, and they're like can we license your song? And they're like, hell yeah, we want to be in one of the biggest shows ever. Yeah, why not? Because we there's something else we haven't really talked about is this musician thing, mm-hmm. which is like the master class thing. Right, 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 right. So you got, and and go to, go to their website. They're the kissification of Metallica's in full swing. They have two mm-hmm. Monopoly games. Two Monopoly games. So, not I mean, one. So I, I, obviously Stranger Things is cooler than a Monopoly board, but mm-hmm. I think it's cool. I'm happy about it. Yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait to get to that, to get to that uh, finale and watch it. Are you going to be like, dude, two worlds colliding? Oh my God, it's awesome. I mean, I already, like, you know, the the, the bit of the details I know about it, it all it, it makes sense. I mean, this gives nothing away, but like, there's a new character that's like a metalhead. Mm-hmm. And he's in, like, he has like a, his local, like, garage band. And there's like a scene where one guy's an Iron Maiden shirt. Like, there's, it would, it makes sense that they would like use a song like Master of Puppets for this guy. How have you not seen this last episode? Uh, Callie and I started watching it uh, when we got back from Europe. Well, God, last week, um, and uh, and then we left town again and stuff like that. So yesterday, it'd been a couple of days, and I was like, "Hey, are we gonna keep watching this? I, like, I want to finish this. Like, like I can only scroll through Twitter so fast before I see all these spoilers." Yeah. And she was like, uh, "She's like, you can keep going. It's fine." I'm like, "You don't." I said, I'll, "I want to watch it with you." And, but she's like, got sucked. Like speaking of old shows, she got sucked back into rewatching Smallville. 
Oh the, wow, it's old Superman show. Yep. But um, so I was like, well, look, I'm I'm moving on. So last night I watched two more episodes, and it's fantastic. It's a good ride. Yeah. Right on. Cool. All right. Yeah. The, the spoiler. The age of the spoiler is rough sauce these days. Yeah. Exactly. Because everyone's just glued to their fucking phones. Mm-hmm. Right. And people want to talk about it. Right. I guess that used to happen at the old proverbial water cooler at work. At the water cooler, maybe the drinking fountain at school. Yeah. Am I confusing cooler again? Water fountain. Water cooler. Water. Well, no, the water cooler. Would I have be like a, a cooler block with the yeah, word well, cooler. Well, at, the, at the office, it'd be like where you take the big jug and turn it upside down. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll just call those water coolers. Okay, right on. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so we should talk about some of the giveaways we're doing. We're going to be doing, I think for the month of, what's next month? August. August yeah. I want to do a weekly Metallica mystery box. Mystery box sounds real fun. Where we have a, I have a bunch of cool stuff in my garage. Stuff that we've either picked up on the road or that we've, you know, whenever we come across something cool, a lot of it donated by Metal Up Your Podcast listeners. That's right. And so what I want to start doing uh, is giveaways for patrons is just sending mystery boxes. I think that'd be awesome. And it'll be cool stuff. It's not like we're going to send you a box of doo-doo. Or <laughs> I mean, I'm, are we? I'm sure someone would like a box of like James's crap. Not me. That's I'm not that person. No. No, I draw I draw a fairly hard line. Yeah, on that. mine's a pretty huge line. I'm going to draw for that one. I knew a friend when I was in high school who um, he had a water bottle that Stone Gossard threw him in like the early '90s at a Pearl Jam concert. Like just like a like a like a half drunk bottle of water, like a normal yeah, bottle yeah, of water. Yeah, exactly. And he like kept it in his room. And I was like, you know, man, you know, what, dude, throw that away, man. And he's like, one day I'm going to drink the rest of it. I'm just waiting for the right day. And I'm like, eh. Really? It had been like 10 years or something. I'm like, Drink the rest of it. Yeah, I'm like, eh, you know what, dude? I love Pearl Jam as much as you, probably more than you. Let's throw that away. Like, it's rad that Paul Moak kept the tambourine that Eddie Vedder threw. Yeah. That's cool. Right. Like, or, or like if you catch Lars's drumstick or something But if like he's that. thinking of melting it down and drinking it as a cocktail, <laughs> eh, that's a little much. Yeah, it's a little weird. You know, the power of Eddie Vedder will not be imbued into you if you drink the tambourine. My dad did that one time. There's this, there's this mostly session guitar player named Larry Carlton who played a lot of Steely Dan shit. Who's in the Crusaders, stuff like that. My dad got to hang with him one time, and they were having a couple cigarettes together outside by his pool or whatever. And he went inside, and my dad was like finishing his smoke, and my dad took one of his cigarettes and put it in his pocket. <laughs> Like a cigarette butt, he had already smashed out. I was, he got home and like showed it to me. I was like probably in high school, and I was like, okay, it's weird. Does he still have it? I doubt it. He kept it in this little tin forever. So he like he like took one of his picks and like a cigarette butt and put it in there. I'm like, Dad. wow. <laughs> it's like a cigarette butt. Wow. I don't know. It was weird, but I, I, the, things like that. I, I don't know. It's like you know, would you would you want the cushion that Lars wiped his sandwich hands on no. in the studio? I, I don't need that. No. I wouldn't even want to shake his sandwichy hand. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> sandwichy hand. <laughs> the greasy sandwich hand. Yeah. Well, these uh, mystery boxes will be fun, and I think maybe like some vinyl, and we're going to cook up some fun we'll stuff. We'll cook up some cool stuff. So yeah, yeah. If, if you, uh, You'll hear a commercial about it later, but if you haven't joined us on Patreon, hop on that train, because a lot of cool stuff's going to be happening in the future. Especially the Metal Tales. Like, we did a, I did a roll call over on Patreon mm-hmm. for the European shows. And got maybe ha- responses for half of them. So if you've been to these European shows, like the the Bilbao show, Bilbao, yeah, uh, France, Prague, some of these, uh, and you want to come on the show and tell your story, your Metallica story, be an ambassador for the show, talk through the set list. Patreon's how you do that. That's so, right. All right, the new merch. We're talking about doing new shirts, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Uh, we'll have more details about this later, as far as like how you can get it and what's going to be available and stuff like that. But we're working on doing something where we're essentially we'll have a bit of a merch store where and not only just get one t-shirt at a time whatever we're, we're gonna work on multiple designs maybe the hoodie 
uh, had the idea of maybe even doing like handkerchiefs, stuff like that. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Yeah. Class it up a little Class bit. Class it up a little bit. Maybe maybe not just normal patches, maybe a back patch. Maybe our own Grey Poupon. Dude, a Grey Poupon jar? I mean, no big deal. So we'll have more info on that uh, in the very near future. We're kind of sussing out some details with the new merch company. Uh, but we want to get you guys some awesome new merch, new designs, maybe some OG designs as well. Yeah, we've had people reach out. They want the OG shirt. But yeah. then we, I've had people say they want the Paul shirt. I want to do a new shirt with Beanstalk stuff. Mm-hmm. We've got the Rome guy shirt that I love. Right. Um, we have the Dagger logo shirt that I just wore yesterday with yeah. my daughter. Um, speaking of that, we need to mention we hung out with Namarta and Hari and Van. And Van the other night, yeah. They came to our show. Um, we played at Ascend Amphitheater That's here right. in town, and then we had a nice little hang after the show. We did, yeah, it was a good time. So I wanted to give them a shout out. It was really, really great to see them. And actually, yesterday, shout out to Van. Me and Van and our kids went to Nashville Shores. Really, we did. Hell yeah! I was floating in a lazy river with Van and our kids. <laughs> this is news to me. I, I just got the most amazing image in my head. Well, we were talking the other night. He has a he has two kids. I hope he won't mind me saying. And one of his daughter, one of his kids, his daughter is uh, basically Nova's age. Yeah. So we're like, oh, let's get the kids together. That's and, awesome. And uh, so we went to Nashville Shores. The kids have a good time. They did. Yeah. Very cool. Are you able to um, float in that river and have a beverage with an umbrella in it? Um, maybe the adult kind. I think you can. We didn't just because we were we had all the kids around and sure. stuff. But we, I did float in it for. I went around it three or four times. Awesome. And as Nova wanted to move on to other stuff, I was like, "Well, I'm good here." You're like, "Oh, no, I'll be fine." Um, I grew up going to Whitewater, which is in Atlanta, which is huge. Cool. It, it, I think it takes you an hour to go around the the Lazy River goes around the entire park. Wow. At Nashville Shores, it's a much it's a more humble situation. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 out by the lake. You go you go through the whole Lazy River in about fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, we had one in California called Wild Rivers, and another mm-hmm. called Raging Waters. Oh boy, Raging Waters is is the is actually the fun fact the water park they used in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay, they called it Waterloo. Okay, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's the same thing. All of those all those places have lazy rivers. Just a matter how big they are. Lazy River is a nice thing. It's a very nice thing. If we if I buy the house next door, maybe we can do a lazy river around both properties. Great. I mean, I would love to one day just conduct the entire podcast from a lazy river. Well, and we'll, but we'll call it a moat. Great. Yeah, lazy moat. A Paul moat. Paul moat. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I wanted to give a shout out to them. Uh, always good to see Metal Peak Podcast family members out in real life. And to float with them in a river. And so, <laughs> and, hey, listen, you may be listening to my voice talking about creeping death one day and floating with me in a lazy river the next day. You never That's know. That's the magic of Metal Up Your Dude, Podcast. It's magical. All right. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, and uh, some other things that we're forgetting. Who knows? Um, it, hop on that Patreon train if you want to you know, be a part of what's really special about the show. It's the engine room, as it were, That's of right. Metal Up Your Podcast. And the easiest way to support us is to leave a positive review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Very easy. If you're not going to leave a positive review, just don't leave a review. Yeah, that's right. No big whoop. Yeah. You if you're not going to leave five stars and say something nice, just move on. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this podcast isn't for you and you don't need to leave that negative review. Yeah, just I'm tell a, us our honeys look nice still. I'm, like I'm going to go ahead and just say, if it's not going to be five stars and nice, don't do it. Just move on. Yeah. I can tell you what I do when I listen to a podcast and I don't like it. I move on. I've never left a negative review for anything in my life. It's one thing if like you went to a restaurant and found like a, a fucking Band-Aid in your burrito or something. Yeah. I, even then, I don't know if I would get on Yelp and take the time to be like, well, you know. No. Because it's one time. I would I, tell people. I would, Or I would at least mention it to the manager. Like, hey, excuse me. I just want to make you aware of this. But here's what happens usually at restaurants. It's just kind of okay. 
right. or the service was a little slow. Right. Am I in saying anything? Uh, in fact, I've said this before. Here's me at a restaurant that I'm not having a good time at. Maybe the food's not great. Maybe the service is slow. <clears throat> Excuse me, sir. How's your food? Delicious. It's great. <laughs> Seriously, I will have just been telling my wife, I'm never coming back here. Yeah. How's your food today, sir? Great. Delicious. Thank you. It's great. Thank you. Um, anything we can approve on? No, you guys, this is great. Well, I hope you'll come back and visit us. You know what? I would love to. Yeah, sounds good. This is me never coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Because <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to bum him out. Yeah, I'd be like, actually, it's I'm gonna, subpar. I'm going to bum out the server who can't control what the food tastes like. Right. Who's making no money, living off tips in this country at this time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bum her out because the steak wasn't completely right. whatever the fuck. Th yeah, yeah. The, the, there's no time for that, in my no, opinion. Dude. Like, like, move on. Let them have a good day. I'm going to move on. I'm going to tip well. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna, just going to never come back. Yeah. That's all. Plain and simple. And then when I get home, I'm not getting on Yelp. No. I'm firing up NeverEnding Story Part 2, which is what we watched last night. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Strange movie. Oh, wait. Those, so did you guys, you, uh, your daughter had not seen either, right? No, we did. The last two nights we did Because we just talked Story. about this at, uh, with, with my wife at uh, Ascend. Yeah. yeah. How to Nova like him. She prefers the first one, and she's right. The first one's better. Although I always loved Jonathan Brandis, but they yeah. the, the little boys, did, Bastion's a different right. actor. And his dad, too. How, how did your daughter feel about the, of course, very sad scene, spoiler alert, about Artex sinking into the the, <clears throat> uh, the mud pit? She didn't care. She didn't care? Okay. No. I remember that being a little sad when I was a kid. Artex is a complicated character because he's kind of a bad guy most of the movie. Yeah. And then he, this is the bird, right? No, no, I'm talking about this horse. Oh, the horse in yeah. the first one. In the first one, sorry. Oh. Um, Did not bother? Okay. Interesting. No. Interesting. She, she is her father's daughter. I mean, she understands that it's a movie. Yeah. So she was just, you know, the story. She was letting the story yeah. unfold. Awesome. Well, I'm glad she enjoyed it. I mean, we're not going to watch Old Yeller. <laughs> and this is where they kill the dog. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, she loved Falco. She loved it, you know. Kids are so sweet because... She'll burn a movie down. The only movie she said that wasn't good was Wrinkle in Time, which was awful. But she mostly was like, what do you think, babe? She's like, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. She just, she loves it. What was the movie you told me about where you thought she was in bed and she she was behind you <laughs> hiding the whole time? The Money Pit. The Money Pit with Tom Hanks. That's right. Was she, that money, uh, Shelley Long? Shelley Long, yeah. yeah. She, uh, there was some joke at the very end that we, me and Isabel laughed. We were laughing the whole time. Yeah. But there's some joke at the end and we laughed and she we heard her laugh and we looked over there and she was just sitting in the hallway and we we're like babe you're not in trouble but like how long have you been there and she was like the whole time <laughs> she just watched the money pits i love it that's awesome <laughs> okay the easiest way to get a hold of us is our emails we're going to be reading all patron emails today which i'm excited to dip in Heck talk yeah. to those knuckleheads and then you my friend are going to break down for me and all our listeners the wonderful shortest straw that's right we're going to do some riffage so, if you ever want to come with us now, uh, we're going to take good care of you. You can follow us. You can trust us. There's no stranger danger here. That's right. It's Uncle Clint and Uncle Ethan, and uh, we're going to go now on what we lovingly refer to as the email portal. All right, let's do it. All right, our first email is from Klaus Kinadieter. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> That's probably right. Keena Dieter. Um, <laughs> what's up, brothers from different mothers? Yeah, I know we're not blood relatives, but after listening to you since at least mid-2020, I damn well know that we're definitely spirit siblings. Okay. I like that. Okay. Okay. Brother. <laughs> it took me a while to hop on the Melody Podcast Patreon train. Um, 
Mia Kupla, uh, but now I finally got on. I have to say that it's really cozy together with the rest of the hobos in a comfortable lounge position. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> on the hobo train, man. Anyway, first things first. Many thanks from the bottom of my heart for the wonderful podcast you created. It's the total package. Weekly Metalla banter, witty humor, uh, outrage- outrageous characters, great guests, and informative interviews. Well-researched topics, passionate hosts, insightful thoughts on, on music and the biz surrounding it. Paul, and the list goes on. Uh, you've been a positive light coming like a weekly freight train to my phone, wrecking, wrecking some of the bullshit that COVID left in its wake. You rose like cream to the top amongst all of the other podcasts, and rightfully so. Thanks. That's, I mean, that poetry? let's go ahead and just put that on like our description of all of our podcasts. I mean, yeah. I might put that on my headstone. Because <laughs> he ain't, first of all, thank you thank so you. much, Klaus. And second of all, he ain't wrong. No, he's not. Well, this is a lengthy one. I want to get through all the Klaus's stuff here. He said, uh, "That was I'm, I'm getting verklempt over here from that. Beautiful preamble. My passion and love for Metallica started in 1996 when a 12-year-old Klaus from Lower Bavaria undertook the big journey to the next biggest town where CDs were actually sold and bought himself a copy of Until It Sleeps. Nice. Together with Mark Snow's X-Files theme song, but let's just forget that. Um I blasted the song as loudly and as often as I could in my old shabby stereo and found the experience so exhilarating that I worked my way chronologically backwards from load down to kill them all. The music, the lyrics, the band, the imagery cast a spell over me and uh, and once my once brother-in-law, brother-in-law's brother, <laughs> sorry, wow, handed me his Binge and Purge Seattle tape. I knew there was no going back. I'm a sucker for justice uh, now, but load has a really special place in my heart. Please keep on waving the load reload flag. See another thing that happens for these for these knuckleheads of which I consider myself the load reload knuckleheads mm-hmm. is when you work your way backwards there's no problem detected right now people who for, had a bullet belt in 1983 mm-hmm. and were going to kick some ass on their leather yeah I get it it's hard for them to understand that things change <laughs> right <laughs> just your, your delivery of people are going to you know kick some ass in their leather <laughs> well that was their whole thing right yeah, they're for, in the, I get it you're in the metal militia no life to leather you're going to hit the lights. Uh, you're never going to stop because we're Metallica right. and the horsemen are drawing near. Let's I jump get, in the fire. Jump in the fire, baby. Yeah. I get it. For sure. Hard for them to understand until it sleeps. Yeah. But the guy that starts with until it sleeps, not hard at all. No problem. You throw hit the lights at me. I'm like, hell yeah. Love it. No. I mean, if you if you start at load or reload, if you're going backwards, there's, there's no speed bumps, really. There's no road blockage. Well, in fact, I remember doing this, and I wonder if Klaus did this. I remember going... It just gets awesome. It just yeah. can, like I remember getting into puppets and lightning and being like, "Oh my god, dude!" <laughs> I know, right? You know, yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, it goes on to say, "It's 2022 now, and I realize that I've been wearing Metallica merch for over a quarter of a century, and no end in sight. Their artistic integrity and the power of their songs stand the test of time, without a doubt. The boys and their work are somewhat a part of me, and I know it was a good decision to follow this path instead of the more slippery slopes of life." Meanwhile, I'm sort of the equivalent to a high school teacher in the U.S. here in Munich, as I'm a, and I'm proud as fuck whenever I see students of mine wearing their Metallic shirts and tipping their hats to me in knowledge of our not-so-secret bond. Uh, I like to think that I have something to do with that, and to be assured they are not pure fashion victims who mistake Metallica logo for a new clothing line. Nice. I'm sure you do have something to do with it, dude. That's right. Uh, since 2008, I saw the boys six times in total, three times in Munich, uh, uh, once in once each in Cologne, Vienna, and Madison, Wisconsin. Madison sticks out like a sore thumb, and I'm very happy to tell you that um, to, to tell you about this. 
anomaly if you run out of, out of guests for your metal tales. I have some sort of minimal interaction with, with all the band members and can cross that off my bucket list. High-fiving Kirk when he sat down in front of us before starting to play Nothing Else Matters. Grabbing Rob's bass in 2008 in Munich. Having a chat at the rail with Lars telling me uh, telling him we'd see, uh, see, see each other soon in Madison at the concert in Munich 2018. And James recognized us, uh, us having a beer at the rail in Munich 2018 as well. There's audio proof on the live version. Okay. Um, this is almost done here. He says, uh, I know it's been a long uh, email, but all the babble led me to this question and pressing thought. I know if I, if I could die peacefully once, I've witnessed a live performance of Blackened. Since this hasn't happened so far... I will have to continue my quest. So, guys, I just want to know, do you have a similar song that you long for in a live setting? Similar in the sense uh, it's in the rotation, but you always seem to miss it. Thanks again, and all the best to you and your families. Klaus Kienedieter from Germany, Bavaria, Munich, Hausenberg, New Jersey. <laughs> P.S. I'll send some pics and the sound bit as proof of my life experiences, although I'm pretty sure that you believe <laughs> me anyway. I don't doubt you do. Dude, but... after that beautiful email, <clears throat> we, don't, we believe every word you say. Thanks for the email. Um, a song that they act that like, you could see, like Fixer doesn't count, Escape doesn't count. Like I wouldn't at this point, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Spit Out the Bone because it's so new. Um, I've never I would seen, include that. I think you, you would. Okay. I mean, I would. I mean, well, I got to see it, but you I think there it. are people out there who really want to see it. To me, there's there's just there's songs that I've 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 had in my life for so long that. I've never seen like I would love to see Orion live. Right, that that would mean a lot that to would me because I love that song. Yeah, so that much. would be great. Um, Orion, um, maybe Dyer's Eve, and Sandman. <laughs> of course, I've always taken a pee right. break. Nothing then. else matters. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Dyer's Eve. Would be nice to see. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Yeah, I I never got to see like the No Remorses when they. I feel like in Europe they were doing the more like Phantom Lords No Remorses. But I did get to see all the... I mean, we got to see Dream No More. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty wild. Yeah. We got to see... Um, what, Halo and Fire? Yeah, I got to see... Well, they play that almost every show. Um, but I got to see all the all the rotating. Like, I got to see Blackened. I got to see Spit. I got mm -hmm. to see Battery. I got to see Harvester of Sorrow. I got to see Confusion. Yeah. That was the one they were trading with Dream No More. But yeah, Dyer's Eve would be great. Um, I mean, we got... I got to see all the... A lot of the Kill Em All stuff, too, that they yeah. were playing. I saw Whiplash. I saw Motor Breath. We saw Motor Breath, I think, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Um, I've seen Hit the Lights. Um, yeah. I would like to see the Load Reload stuff. I mean, I'd love to see Bleeding Me. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see Bleeding Me. They were me. playing Bleeding Me in Europe. You know, any of that stuff. Of course, Fixer. But that doesn't really count. They're never going to play Fixer again. Probably not. I can't imagine. Unless they're doing, they're doing like a 40th or a... Um, 50th? The, whatever the, the Load Reload box set time. Right. Um, all right, thanks for the question, Klaus, and for the nice email. I appreciate you. Martinez Calvellis writes in and says, Dear Clinton Ethan, my name is Martinez. I'm a 37-year-old guy, if I may, from Vilnius, Lithuania. Wanted to say hi to both of you since you've been an important part of my spare time over the last year and a half. Mostly you accompany me when I do my evening walking session or I pedal my bike. Kind of like Paul Moak. We're, we're in his ears when he walks his dog. That's right. I obviously share my passion for one, the one and only Metallica with you. Also, music in general became a fan of my childhood, and my love is getting more intense as the years go past. Thus, as you go very deep into certain songs, hence deep cuts and events, you also bring my own bright and also not so bright memories to life. As a progressing amateur guitar player and also as a kind of curious person, I adore the technical aspects of the sound of the band, and I love interviews with the road and studio crew, and your podcast really hooked me on the subject I was not so interested in before. Writing you from a hotel room in Italy as I'm preparing for Sunday, which this is a, an older email, my eighth Metallica show, which will take place in Florence, 
Really excited. Oh, actually, this is a newer one. I'm really excited and enthusiastic about this one, given recent set lists. Is it possible they'll play Ride the Lightning, Creep, and Bells on the same day? Which, yes, it is. It's very possible. I wish you guys the best of luck. Enjoy our uh, enjoy your European leg and enjoy life in general. Sometimes it's not easy to enjoy music and also other forms of leisure anymore. It happened to me and I'm sure to other people as well after the war on Ukraine broke down. He says, we Lithuanians feel close to Ukraine geographically and emotionally, but understanding fragility and the unpredictability of life, one must appreciate and enjoy it whenever it's possible, which is basically another way of saying have fun always. Have fun always, yeah. He says, I'm going to do it on Sunday. Thank you once again and take care. Thank you, Martinez. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, dude. Our next email is from a friend of Clinton Ethan. Hey, brothers, killing it as always. I wanted to talk a bit about the Vegas show. So this is this is what maybe was this this year, the Vegas? Or was that last fall? They played Vegas recently. That's right. Okay. They played Vegas I, before Boston Calling. That's right. I did the uh, Metal Tales on that one. Anyways, uh, blah, 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 Vegas show, killer, uh, killer show first and foremost. I want to talk on Clint's point about not being too excited about a Greatest Hits playlist. Uh, seeing how it was my first Metallica show, I could not have been happier with the set list. However, if I saw Metallica many times, I suppose I'd be more thrilled to see some deep cuts. It's kind of, it's like kind of like if the Beatles were touring uh, and not being excited about seeing something come together and let it be, but we'd rather hear deep cuts like piggies. <laughs> uh, anyways, loving the show and especially the Beanstalk Talk, great stock trading podcast name, by the way. Mm. Um, we're going to start that one next. We're big stock traders of over course. here. Of um, course. All the talk got me thinking about uh, Disney when Mickey climbed the Beanstalk. What are your thoughts on Disney and the music? How great is the jazz and the Jungle Book? J- jungle Books, I Want to Be Like You. With love, blood, and semen. Wow. <laughs> From Los Angeles, California, New Jersey. Well, thank you, a friend of Clint and Ethan. Uh, I love Disney shit. Yeah, so. I, like, I like Disney stuff. Music's awesome. One of my favorite ones, uh, musically, was always the Aristocats. It was kind of swing, jazzy. I believe like Brian Setzer did a song on the soundtrack, stuff like that. I, I'm i torn. I listen to some of them, and I, as a songwriter, I think I could write this better. Yeah. I, I'll think that. But sometimes I'll think like, Holy shit, they really nailed this. Right. Like some of these songs are so classic. We've been going through and watching like the Aladdins and the Lion Kings and it's mm-hmm. great songs. I mean, yeah. you've got Elton John involved with the Elton Lion King. John, you've got obviously Alan Menken, who's just a him and his partner are monster writers for all that shit. And he's written written everything for like fifty years. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. I mean, uh, he wrote like a whole new world and under the sea. He wrote him and his partner wrote Little Shop of Horrors. Crazy. All that shit. My favorite is the um the Robin Hood, the old 50s one. Oh, the Roger the, Miller stuff? Yeah. Robin Hood, Little John, John running through the forest. Yeah. went a day. <laughs> exactly. We, me yeah. and Nova love those songs. Oh, um, yeah. In terms of seeing a greatest hit set list, yeah. I mean, I think what I said before was happy for everybody who likes it, not really for me. Right. You know, but I've seen them a bunch. In the moment, if it's a, if I, if if I happen to be at a show with you and Paul and let's say, and they played a greatest hit set, I think I'd still be excited because we're just there, we're, we're we're enjoying it with all thousands of other people, and who knows how much time is left for this band? So. Absolutely, it's just hard to get excited about it when you're not there. That's all. Yeah, that's all sure. it is. You watch them play the same stuff over and over. But I remember telling Brad Blazik when when we saw them in the Snake Pit in St. Louis, I was like, you know what? I'm not really into Rome. I kind of hope they don't play Rome. And they started playing Rome, and I almost started crying. <laughs> Girl, down, 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 down. I was like, oh, my God, I do want to see I Rome. I do love this song. <laughs> well, you, you kind of hype yourself up going to a show. Like, you know, like uh, like when we went to Detroit, it's like, what do you think they're going to play? We had predictions and all that stuff. And then when they play something they play every show, you're still like, hell yeah, Sabbath yeah. True or whatever. You yeah. Know? 
the math's easy on that. Yeah. Um, thank you, dude. John Lee writes in, Hi, Clinton. Ethan, I have a question that you guys might shed some light on. We know Metallica have a large collection of guitars, and I guess that the majority of them are company assets owned by the entity known as Metallica. But what about the rare high-value guitars such as James's Carl and Kirk's Greeny? Are these personal purchases or owned by the band? Which leads me to my main question. We've seen these guitars on tour, but when out on tour, do these guitars travel with the musician for extra protection or just ride along with their other touring guitars, which can easily be replaced? Love the podcast a bit behind, but I like having a glut of episodes to look forward to. P.S. Not sure if you remember, but I was the one who added your Some Kind of Monster audio commentary to my copy of the movie on Plex. <laughs> That's awesome. Peace from John Lee. Um Hard to know if they're actually company assets. That's actually a good question. That's a good question. I would venture to guess that they are, even if they were purchased by the band as a company, it's kind of like, okay, that's James's guitar. You know? I, but I mean, let's, let's also not, not ignore the fact that most of their guitars were, other than like the crazy vintage ones, like mm-hmm. ESP shit, probably all free. Yeah, given to them. Yeah, they're not paying for that. Now, I'm sure they're all like under some sort of collective band insurance. Sure. And I'm, I guarantee you everything at HQ in terms of like all the outward gear for their studio, mm-hmm. you know, their compressors, their mics, that's all company asset stuff. Company that's assets not like, sure. That's not like that LA2 is James's and that 1176 is Kirk's. But I got to imagine the guitars are personal assets. Yeah, especially the Greenies, the Carl. And doesn't you know, Kirk always travel with Greenies? Always with, travel with, with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, from what, I, what I've found out is the show's done. His, his assistant comes out to the guitar tech, grabs the guitar Greenie. In a case, he he flies with it. Like if if they're taking a two week break and going home, he's going home to Hawaii. Yeah, Greeny's going with them. Now I know that the boys are the people who are in the know. People, the muckety mucks of guitar collecting know that James and Kurt are into that. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been privy to some people talking about like if they know that they know who to get a hold of. Like let's say Metallica's going to be in Nashville. They're like, hey, I have these ten guitars that they need to see. Yeah, and they'll arrange like a pre show, like take some cases over to Bridgestone Arena. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just imagining what the like trickle of events. So let's say James sees a Karina Explorer right. that he wants from whatever, 68 or whatever, who knows, 50, 57, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that's just a call to his business manager. Yeah. You know, I don't think he goes, what's your PayPal? <laughs> Do you have Venmo? Can I cut a check now? Or You take traveler's checks? I mean, I'm on tour. And so you've got these businessmen. And when you're dealing with Metallica, you've got these probably teams of business managers who sort it all out. Oh yeah, for because sure. maybe they do do it under the banner of the band so they can write it off or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows how they shake all that out? Right. I don't. You know, it's curious to think about how they get paid. You know, do they get a weekly check or do they get paid? You know, how do the boys get paid? Yeah, I don't know. Because it could be a lot of different things. Mm-hmm, for sure, it could be like a monthly deposit based on the shows. I mean, who knows? Yeah, maybe they don't make any money. Maybe they're poor. <laughs> <laughs> they may be more broke than people think. You know, I mean, people. Yeah, it's well. They may have all sorts of money tied up and all sorts of other things. James may or may not be getting a divorce. Boom, there goes half of his wealth. Yeah. So you never. They may have loaned some money to a buddy. They may have invested in a business that failed. Right. When they did do that, they invested in a festival that failed. They invested in a movie that failed. Yeah, for sure. Now through the never kicks ass, but it failed as a movie. Now, when, when you're a band that big and you're making and you're you're generating that much income, you you almost have to take on other ventures you know like a, yeah. a, a, a very common thing with a lot of musicians is real estate sure and you're not necessarily becoming a realtor but what you're doing is your business management is is working with somebody to find properties to buy or a second home or whatever right well jason newstead said that they had business managers that made them millionaires before before the black album yeah 
He was like, we took our justice money and we had smart people around us and mm -hmm. we were set for life with our justice money. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah, thank you. Next email is from Joanna um, uh, Graberic. Uh, may I, at this juncture, put it to you, the, the grammar in some of these is so proper, right? <laughs> may I, at this juncture, put it to you that one day you do a top 10 on Megadeth, uh-oh, uh, because let's give uh, let's give the jerk his due, but in all serious, seriousness, it would be interesting to hear which Megadeth songs you value the most in terms of cool riffs. Uh, I have a few of my absolute favorites, but it would be cool to have a pro musician's take on this. Well, you came to the right place. Uh, as usual, warm, warm greetings from this side of the pond. Keep warm and stay cool. Joe from Manny, UK, New Jersey. Uh, I can't think of any uh, Megadeth riffs. I like the um, Symphony of Destruction riff. Right. But that's um, all I can think of. There's a bunch I can think of. I mean, I feel like I could make a top 10. Yeah. Um, there were certain Megadeth records, but they, I mean, they're about to put out their 16th album. I mean, I'd have to go through and listen to some other stuff, which I don't really want to. <laughs> but as far as the records that I do really like, and which is, you know, about let's say three or four primarily uh i could probably do a top 10 in that i like the bass part of dawn patrol but it's really just a rip of god that failed isn't it ba -da -da, uh close da -da -da. that one does uh yeah i guess they're in the did same did you just play an excerpt did we just play an excerpt of the record or yeah that was dave elson's actual bass line <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i wouldn't be able to make a top 10 and i have yeah literally almost zero interest in maybe you could do combing through it top 10 riffs from symphony of destruction how about top 10 <laughs> how about top 10 times dave mustaine stepped in a turd because he's a walking gaff machine dude it just happened again the other day with some guitar guitar tech or some roadie on stage going off he looked like a monitor guy well we did this festival in spain you know when we do these festivals where there's basically yeah. two stages facing each other we did it in hyde park and they're all the way across the landscape of a festival, right? Right. And usually those things are structured in a way where the sound checks don't conflict with the performance of the other stage, but they don't always do that. Mm -hmm. And so what had happened was Judas Priest was on the other stage and their guitar tech was like sound checking the guitar. Right. That's what you do. Doing his job. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he was trying to offend Dave Mustaine. He had a job to do. Mm -hmm. He was doing his job. Right. He wasn't just having fun. Yeah, it wasn't noodling. And Dave Mustaine, I guess, called him a pussy and an amateur and a, and a cunt and just went off on him. And it's like, dude, someone someone on the Discord put it pretty succinctly. They were like, you're the amateur, dude. That guy's doing his job. Yeah, you can't handle that? Like, it's one thing to be, because I said, I said it, you know, I kind of defended him a little bit in the sense of like, yeah, that's annoying. I've been on a stage before where the the you you hit the cymbals on your last song and when that dies down you hear really loudly this other band playing mm -hmm. and you're trying to talk to the crowd and you can't and, but it's like never has it occurred to me to insult them or and even he insults people and first of all he can hardly string a sentence together yeah his sentences are so confusing just yeah. the way he words things but also just so mean it's He's just super such mean. an asshole. It's super mean. I mean, <laughs> fuck, man. How would how would he do on fucking warp tour? Or there's ten stages on the same fairgrounds. Like, I, like to me, that's normal at a festival. You're playing now. Sometimes it's just two stages and they flip flop. But you're gonna have somebody line checking. But if you got, I mean, surely they wear in ears and stuff. It's like, is it really that big of a distraction? There, are, there are lots of things in life that are not ideal. Right. And what are you gonna do about it? You're gonna. How are you gonna float through life, right? Are you gonna float through life calling everyone who bums you out a pussy 
on the mic on the mic or you're gonna just rise above it man and be cool mm -hmm. and I, and listen all you megadeth fans out there i ain't one of them but he he's a walking gaff machine and he's gonna be promoting a new record for a year on tour doing interviews yeah we got more of this coming <laughs> it ain't my fault well it, we're, listen we're, we're not over here like trying to fish for dave mustaine insults or something like that it's literally just he says something and we'll react to it well carl carl sent me a thing that happened in norway where a journalist he was the journalist who was a female was told do not talk about metallica right and so she didn't and then dave brought up metallica so she was like asked him questions about metallica because he was talking about it right and then he went on this huge rant about how he wanted to beat her up jeez i didn't see that oh i'll send it to that's you. wild it's wild it's like dude you asked him well, he brought it up he was calling her a man and then saying he wanted to beat her up and she was like well I, I mean i'm a female you obviously don't remember the interview he's like i remember the interview i was calling you a man on purpose you obviously aren't intelligent enough to understand my humor it's like really stuff like that Jeez. dude <laughs> yeah I, I would love to see that actually <laughs> i mean look dude i get the people who love their music but if dave matthews was doing the equivalent I would be here sitting here right now or on my podcast with Charlie Bonante called Thrash Into Me saying he's a jerk. Yeah. It would be embarrass me. I, I, I'm a fan of Megadeth <laughs> and I'm saying he's a jerk. <laughs> All right. Enough of that shithead. Good God. All right. Jesus Bermudez. Thank you, Joanna, by the way. Jesus Bermudez writes in and says, hello, Clint, Ethan, and Paul. Discovered your podcast sometime last year. I worked long hours as a truck driver and your podcast has helped a lot to make the days go by faster than usual. I've enjoyed every second of every episode and wanted to thank you for everything you guys do for the fans. I've noticed that you're very dedicated and will commit to keep the train rolling by putting out at least one episode a week. Great work ethic from your part. Kudos. I got the chance to go with my little sister to experience the 40th anniversary shows. Freaking awesome. I've been showing her clips of the podcast from time to time and she gets a kick out of it. We were listening together to some episodes on our way to San Francisco. Heard your commentary episodes while we were out there. She really enjoyed those. Then on her way back home, she continued listening on her own. We made a new fan. Cool. Um, I think she finally became a fan of the show. If you wouldn't mind giving her a little shout out, her name is Daisy. Well, listen, Daisy, I want to say thank you for joining the, the train, getting on the hobo train, joining the ride, and listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Daisy. That's awesome. And it sounds like you have a, a killer brother named Jesus, by the way. Yeah, awesome. Love that. Um, he says, I was telling her the story about Fixer, how we experienced history on night one in San Francisco. That it was a song that Clint and many of us have been wanting forever. Love the reaction from you guys on the commentary episode, by the way. First thought that came to mind when those first notes started playing and those images on the screen was, Clint, why aren't you here, buddy? Well, I was with my buddies uh, at the Smokestack. That's right. We watched it in real time. Which, you know, if I couldn't be there with all of our Metallica family members, I would, I would prefer to be there with you guys. We had a great time. He says, oh, well, it was great to know you guys got to hear it live on the stream as it was happening. Once again, thank you for such an awesome podcast. Thank you for the quality content. And so many laughs that you give us. As a guitarist, I relate a lot with many of your views. Love the deep dives, commentaries, and really enjoy the Tangent City episodes. <laughs> you okay? Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. I just freaking soccer kicked the mic stand. On he says, there's so many things I'd like to tell you and some questions I'd like to ask. I'll leave it for another time, though. Keep up the good work. I wish you guys good luck on all your musical projects and tours. Stay safe and have fun always. Jesus from El Paso, Texas, New Jersey. Honey, please. P.S. 
how come we haven't heard from Jason and Brantley anymore? Have they been able to get a hold of each other already? <laughs> I think they've been hanging out lately. Yeah. yeah, maybe they finally like you know answered each other's someone messages. Someone called someone back exactly. and they sorted it out. Right. But it could happen again. You never know. Well, they're, I think they're going to have some communication problems here real soon. We'll see. Yeah, maybe a communication breakdown. Oh. Hey, getting, getting the let out. Uh, we got a few more emails from our, again, Patreon-only email portal. Thank you. Next email is from Daryl Fryers. It says, just got back on the ride, had to sort out credit cards after a move to Europe. Uh, been a little follower for about three years and pa- uh, patron for most of that. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Thanks, dude. Uh, I've loved every minute, especially the Tangent Cities and the Deep Cut Dives. Well, hey, here we are. Uh, the detail you put into breaking down the songs makes me appreciate Metallica that much more, not to mention your outstanding musicianship. Thank you for continuing to bring amazing content every week, even while touring. Now, that's a master I class. couldn't agree more, Daryl. Of course. I couldn't agree more. This entire Every episode is a master class. This whole thing is your master class. And guess what? It's free. It's free. It's frizzle. Yeah. It's like community college. Um, thank you, Daryl. Appreciate that. Mark Potter writes up, what's up, brothers? Just signed up for Patreon. He says, I mean, I can at least support the good work you guys continue to do, even from the lounge position. Always. He's worried that he spelled position wrong, but I'm here to tell you that he spelled it right. P-O-S-I-S-H. Yeah. Position. Position. He put the abreve on it. He says, I've gone on the uh, I've been on the Talica ride since catching the one video back in 89. I'm a legacy Met Club member since 04. And have enjoyed every single episode of Metal Up Your Mother Effin' Podcast. That's a different show, though. It's a different one, yeah. yeah. It's not as good. We actually need to sue them. Yeah. He says, I've been to two Metallica shows, Oklahoma City on May 14, 2004, in the pit, and Little Rock in January 2019, which I was at that show, dude. He says, that's my Met resume in short. I think for a personalized voicemail from you guys, how about Dave Mustaine reciting the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep lines from the end of Go to Hell? The part with blah, blah, blah part? What does Paul think? What is that? Go to Hell was uh, on the soundtrack to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, it's a it's a pretty rad song, but there is there is a part in it, and it's I believe it was the same year as the Black Album. Oh, so he's taking a shot at Metallica. So I don't know specifically month wise when those were recorded or released. I I, I have to look it up, but it's I don't the know same year as the Black Album. I'm pretty sure it was '91 when that happened. Because I'm pretty sure Black Album came out in like August. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who did it first. Somebody can tell us or don't. I mean, what more proof do you need that he's a shithead? Uh, unless um, or unless he's uh, unless he did record it first, and that's you know another thing where he's like, great, you know, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. <laughs> Wow. They ripped me off. No one's ever said the Lord's Prayer before. (laughs) I actually wrote it. (laughs) King David was an asshole. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Mark. We got, what, two more here? Two more. All right. Is it me or you? Uh, It's uh, it's me. Okay. (laughs) Next email is from Glenn Merritt. Guys, I love what y'all do and love this podcast. I started listening about six months ago and have now gone back to the beginning. Thank you. Y'all have rekindled a dormant love of metallica cheers from st augustine florida new jersey for my love was dormant, dormant. and you rekindled the fire just awakened thanks glenn appreciate awakened that the love beast <laughs> for a beast lived inside me sleeping a sleeping giant in the hill and you have awakened him to now climb to beanstalk i was shot with the love gun <laughs> lastly is cosmo Moore. says you guys have me giggling my head off with your mustaine impressions am i a sicko to kind of want an episode and nothing but dueling dave voices okay Enjoy the pod. Keep up the good work. I may have missed it on an old episode. Did either of you get a ticket to the 40th anniversary show? Yeah, so this is old school stuff. Cosmo in LA. We did not. Uh, we tried to go. We uh, we had a no, show. We had, we had tickets. We had tickets. And That's we had right. to very carefully somehow. We gave them away. Gave them, gave them away. Yeah. 
Yeah, we it was just it was way too close to us having to be on the other side of the country. Yeah, we had a show in Atlanta, I think, with Jason Isbell. Right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Well, there are the emails. It's that simple. You are going to hear a commercial for the Patreon, and then we're going to dive into uh, we're going to deep cut dive Ew. into the shortest straw. What makes it work mainly on the guitars, but you've got some drum info to bring us to, right? There's some, well, yeah, there's a, a, a one part in particular, yeah. Um, so check out this commercial for the Patreon. If you're able to jump in, jump on, jump out, jump through, whatever you want to do. <laughs> under we, we appreciate it, and of course, you can come on the show and tell us your metal tales, and we're going to be doing these mystery boxes. If you can't. We're just glad you're here. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a bit. All right. Hey, everyone. Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs, 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos, invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions, and eligibility for our Metal Tales series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, Nuprin. Little. Yellow. Different. All right, I'm ready to get on the shortest straw ride, dude. I mean, let me grab this axe you so kindly let me use. Yep. Let me make sure it works real quick. All right, here we go. <laughs> there it is. I have to do it every time. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Well, the shortest straw. So... Again, like I said at the top of the show, this one barely makes the cut for deep cut dives because it has been played 99 times. And our general criteria is it played less than 100. So here, right. here we are. Right. Um, but it is a nice treat when they, when when uh, when they do play. We saw the 40th anniversary show last year. Uh, kind of on the I was on the website and going through the kind of the history of them playing it. And it is a, it's been a nice treat over the last maybe 12 years or so. Uh, Early Death Magnetic era, they were playing it pretty consistently, but right. other than that, it is a nice treat. Yeah. Um, so the main thing, speaking of the drums, and this is probably the most complex mystery, of, of at least for me, it was for over the years, was the intro, right? If we remember uh, that video came out when they were like filming and doing all the Guitar Hero stuff, mm -hmm. Lars was really struggling with it, right? Yeah. And I was one of those people, I would go listen to it, and I couldn't figure out what the timing was. Um and then one day, only like a few months ago, I just, I happened to, I think I was prepping to, to figure all these riffs out for an episode, uh, for this episode, but we ended up pushing it. Mm -hmm. And I found this guy, some really great shreddy guitar player on YouTube, who broke down the intro and it just all of a sudden, like, it all made sense. Because what, what, so intro, what you think it is, is like one, two, three, four. Right? Where it's like on the one is where it starts. That's what I've always thought. Right, which that sounds right, but but if so, if you go to the uh, what is what ends up the, it being the chorus riff, uh, so 
you take that tempo and just and so here's what it is it doesn't start on the one it's like the and before it mm. so here's what the riff is one two three four let me do this yeah. so you're just be inserting these yeah 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 for sure cool um <clears throat> Yeah, so basically there so it it's it's in time for years I thought it was out it just out of time. It was they, almost like a free form. They just thing. did it at free time, yeah. And I think they even forgot about that at a certain point. So I was even watching old videos from like the late eighties, early nineties when they were playing this live and like Lars counts it off as I know it now. But I mean, it's just wild to be a Metallica fan for most of my life and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that's not at all how it goes. Hmm. You know? Um it's like when I when when Black and really first landed in my head. I'm like, oh, this is how the riff goes. I thought it was a weird beat to start it, and then the first note was the wrong one, and all that stuff. You know what another version of that is, real quick. There's a there's a few Metallica songs like that. How about the intro to Sandman, which I've been playing wrong my whole life. So, if you listen to the recording when he does the the string rings open. Yeah. So I've always done it. Yep. Me too. So I have to move my pointy finger up to the low E string to get the 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 mm -hmm. A. Right. But if you watch James, he goes. That G rings out. And, and but and that's And it what, feels so weird to play like that because you're basically you're anchoring it with your pinky and your middle it's finger. Super weird. Yeah, if you watch videos of James and how he plays it, he uses all four fingers. It's wild, but that's what makes the, the, that that whole intro even better to have that G ringing over it. Because it's, if it, it's when, totally better when you take it out, it's it's not as good. Yeah. So this is how you know. So the intro to Sort of Straw was the same thing. When I when I found this random guy's video, who's great by the way, um, and he did the same thing, which I'm going to insert this here here soon. But he played a click track and like real slow, and was trying to figure it out, and then played it to to, to song tempo. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's pretty wild. Where again. When I was younger, I thought it was one, two, three, four, whatever, right? Yeah. But it's one, two, three, four. Yeah, it's weird. And and then, but then the riff, it, it, it almost, it feels so much different now and makes more sense, like, you know, um, and going into the song, it's like, oh, it's actually the same tempo the whole time. So let's check this out. I pre-record this. You're going to hear the click track on the right. And you're going to hear the intro riff on the left. What do you think, just as a composer, as someone who writes songs, understands guitar and drums, did they do that on purpose? Like, how do you think they did that? I mean, I'd did imagine, they stumble on it? Did they did they actually have a click? They had to have had a click, right? I, I'd imagine James obviously wrote all the riffs. I mean, this song is credited to obviously Hetfield Ulrich. Um, which means James which wrote means it. Which means James. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So James wrote this entire thing. I'd imagine he was sitting in his home apartment, whatever, at, at that age, just like tapping his foot. Or maybe had a, a different riff in the song first, and then oh, we need to come up with a cool intro, you know? Yeah, I bet they kind of had the song more or less intact, and they were like, "What?" I bet they kind of tacked on the intro because mm -hmm. it was very common back then uh, on, on a few records where it's like great kind of opening riff on the first track, and then great opening riff on like side B, the first yeah. track of side B, yeah, you know, like um, like disposable heroes or whatever, right? Um, right. But yeah, so. It's just it just blows my mind that like of all the years I've loved this band and loved that record that it finally clicked. Yeah, 
you know, but that's the power of music. That's what's really fun about it. You open the door for us, dude. You open the door for it. So, uh, you, you, so you do that intro. I'll play that whole thing into the into the when the whole band kicks in, which is essentially the chorus, but right. just instrumental. So, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Super simple. Yeah. And that's one of those riffs that, you know, if, if you're maybe uh, new in playing guitar. That's one you can get under your fingers. Yeah. If you, if, if you can palm mute and do a, then you can play this riff. Yeah. I mean, slow down is just. Real fun. Yeah. You can, I, I just, there's so much um, juice and power and just even just like being able to like chug like them. Well, and that's like, the, that's, that's one of the my most favorite things about James Hetfield is some of his riffs are just so simple yeah but so powerful and heavy like that is to me very simple simple like the first time I went da -da 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 -da, I was like oh I can chug like them exactly I mean it didn't sound exact it didn't sound as good as them but you know what I mean yeah for sure um, and and that it sounded better that, it's way better man <laughs> but even that simple riff you know this this riff happens so many times in the song because it is the chorus essentially um, but yeah, very simple. If you're again, if you're new, new to guitar, pick up a guitar and learn this one because it's even most of the rhythm on this is pretty easy. Uh, and then what I'm calling the turnaround is this is this part. Because there's never any words over it. it always they only separates. do that in those turnarounds. They, every every time, yeah, and and it happens many times in the song. Do that riff again. I love that riff. Oh, me too. That's cool. It's really fun. Um, it's in that kind of seven eight thing. That's kind of, it reminds me of Blackened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah, it's it's very much that. Yeah. I mean, there's a good chance that James heard that riff from Jason and was like, "Oh, I want to write something like that too." And yeah. then, then you get. Yep. But that's just a really fun part. Um, uh, what's cool about that one is so you have at the end of it the right. Yep. So. That happens one. So in, in the first one, it happens two times with no drums, no band, nothing. And then the rest of the song, it's usually two or four times. When it happens four times, that ending little power chord changes. Hmm. So I'll play the whole thing. It, it, it does a F, a G, and an A. So. Wow. So that last one's kind of weird because you have a little hammer-on pull-off thing. So, yeah, and so, I like how this they're just advancing the, the chord. Mm -hmm, exactly. So that last one uh, I'll play slowly because it, it is it, it's a weird little hammer-on pull-off thing. Uh, so it does a. Uh, weird. Then we go into the verse. Super weird. Super weird and kind of yeah, it's just kind of out there, but in context, it sounds badass. Yeah, you know. So that one, that one only happens a couple times in the song because the rest of the time it's just a quick turnaround twice through, with the, with the F in there. Right, but so but they only do the climbing thing. Where they, they do the climbing. They, they do the climbing thing. Uh, I think two or three times the whole song. Wow. Um, which I kind of wish they did it more. It, it really just sets up the verse. That's one of the things where you got to imagine if they're like now they're like relearning short of straw because they're going to put it in a rotating slot. They're going. 
Oh God! Why did we do this so many crap? times? Well, so I, I actually I rewatched the the it's just fan footage because it didn't officially release it from the 40th anniversary shows, and they actually cut out a whole section. Mm. I didn't realize it when we were watching it in real time. Interesting. Yeah, it's after after this after the uh, the uh, after the solo, it goes into um, this other B section, the uh, which we'll get to. And they totally cut out that and like uh, that other turnaround, the same thing I was just playing, hmm. and go straight into the last verse. I never noticed that stuff either. Yeah, in the, in the moment, I, I but you know, this morning and last night when I was kind of reviewing the song, I was playing along with it, just you know, the actual album version. Then I went and watched the live version. I was like, oh, that's totally gone right there. They hmm. got rid of like two sections and just you know, they got rid of like a chorus and a B section, and then went in the third verse. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But. I mean, this is you're looking at these notes in front of me. This is why I typed this all out because there's so many sections. It's repetitive, but there's so many parts of the song. This was when they were flexing that muscle. Like this Absolutely. is when they were definitely like coming off of puppets, highly acclaimed. They're starting to the Aussie tour was successful. They're doing their own arena tour. This is definitely when they were like, how proggy, long, mm-hmm. complicated can we be? Exactly. And this is a, I mean, this is a great example of it. And you know, you, yeah, plenty of the parts are, are repetitive, but then you have these other little cool parts show up. And well, it's interesting because you, th- you, in my mind's eye, when I think about like the song that most encapsulates that, I think about the song Injustice for All. Oh yeah, but Shortest Straw is a pretty good example of it too. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, it's like it's it is long and so many parts and kind of proggy, but like in general, a pretty pretty easy tune to play on guitar or bass. I'm gonna see how long the song is. So anyway, go ahead. Oh, so anyways, continue uh, forth. Oh, I will. Muchly. So after that little A part, then we do this little walk down, and it's the same rhythm. Little chromatic walk down. Yep, I like that. Into the verse, which is again pretty much the same rhythm, and you're just kind of going back and forth between F and G. So it's. Real simple, yeah. You know, and and like a lot of Metallica songs, and, and this is a pattern with Hetfield, is halfway through the verse, modulate a whole step up to F sharp. Yeah. So then we, then we get. Mm. And then back into the the uh, turnaround part. Uh, It reminds me of uh, the verses to Two Puppets. Yeah. Just the way it kind of jumps, you know. Yeah, yeah. da 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 you know. Yeah, they, they do that. Then it goes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this this is one of the many turnarounds that happened, which I just explained, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't need to play it again. But um, but then we get what what is probably my favorite riff in the entire song is what I'm calling the pre-chorus. There's no words there, but it's, it's this part. Yeah. Uh, Into the chorus. Love it. Real fun. Those pull-offs. Yeah. Reminds me, of, reminds me of Through the Never. Yeah, um, for sure. The, the the turnaround riff. Play that again real yeah. quick. See, the, that's a key to this song because all the all the kind of like chuggas, you know, in the verses or whatever, in the mm-hmm. main hook or the chorus, whatever, those those could be real forgettable. Yeah, sure. But then throwing that guy in there. That's brow, catchy. Brow, 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 it anchors you in it. And it's, yeah, it's like, that's one of the things that make this makes the song special, right? And I, and I also think that pre-chorus riff that I've played has a little bit more melodicness to it. Yeah, you know, with the especially the 
Yeah. It just it just gets away from the EF thing you know, yeah. for for a moment. But, yeah, it's but, kind of a yeah, kind of a and it's kind of got a punk rock feeling to it too. Yeah, for sure. But you're right. That that pre-core or sorry, that that turnaround riff is that's almost like its own its own hook, you know, by itself. It just breaks up the chuggas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, chug, the the fast chugga fast thing, you know, like I, they they kind of do it in the Social Heroes. Mhm. You better have a monster song over it. Yeah, for but what sure. I like about Shortest Straw is they do the chuggas because the chuggas are real serviceable for a metal song. But mm-hmm. I love that little—I don't even know what you, what like fucking <laughs> Egyptian-sounding scale it is or whatever. I, I don't but, know. Yeah, I'm not—I'm not that nerdy or knowledgeable of a guitar player. I guess. It's the Phrygian. They probably did it because it sounded creepy. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like it's like when you learn these chords. Oh yeah. It's like it sounds scary or oh, yeah. or diminished chords. Yeah, if you do that chromatically all up the fretboard, it sounds like a horror movie. Do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad always taught me to do it, um, to do it, uh, sk- uh, skip up every four, every four frets. Ah. So, so, then, so then you get like a. Right. I think that's where the Bigsby can go. Yep. But anyways, um, so yeah, really the, the, the next good bit of the song is pretty much the same song and dance we just went into you got, you have the chorus which is just like like after the intro let's do that show to straw it's yeah it's the meat and potatoes yeah um then we get the turnaround again to separate those parts we get verse two same thing e modulate to f sharp um, again, the turnaround. I'm telling you, the turnaround happens like 55 times in this song. Yeah, because they were probably like, "This is so cool." I know. Well, it is cool. They're right. So we get that. We get another pre-chorus, um, and then we're getting uh, into the what I call the B section, um, which is basically the, almost like the pre-solo part. It, it's 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 finally like a big change in the song, and that's where we get where we get this one. <laughs> Wow, we get that part, which as a young guitar player, that was fun because it's like kind of a lead, yeah, in a way, and I could play it, yeah. You know, it has a little hammer on there, but look, like, like we talk about a lot with James's rhythm parts, very simple, just diamonds as, as we call them, power chords, and we got one kind of. I'll explain it. It's like a, a D over F sharp, but it, the rhythm is this. So that that third chord is a D over F sharp, right? But yeah, so uh, I pre-recorded something so you guys can hear uh, both of those kind of separated, one on the left, one on the right. I'm going to listen to that right now. Sounds awesome. Yeah, so and that's always a fun part. And that, that eventually, like the verse does, that also modulates at a certain point. So they do that. They do, um, let's see, uh, we, yeah, so we, we have the B section, which is that. Then we get the, the, the solo, which we'll listen to in a minute. Um, I did not actually play it because I'm not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no shame, um, dude. But then what's cool is, uh, actually, you know, let's throw the solo in right here, and then I'm going to explain this next part.
So obviously Kirk is a shredder. I can't shred that fast, but yeah, me neither. Good on you. Yeah. Um, so then we we go back to the B section, but it's not an E anymore. It's the James Hetfield trick. It's up in F sharp, where it's. But it's the exact same thing. And then we go, and then we go back into, and this is what they cut out at the 40th anniversary shows. Right after that, it normally goes into another chorus, and then there's like a second solo, um, <laughs> which is it's just pretty short. Yeah, yeah. So we'll listen to that real quick. I like that they just cut it out, though. They're like, you know what? Did we need that? I, I was saying this on a previous episode. They're however many years better writers. Yeah. So that's 88. They were probably writing these in 87, mm -hmm. 88, right? There's a ton of stuff that you and I have written over the years, especially when you're younger, where we're like, why did I do that? Exactly. Now, some of it you're like, wow, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, and uh, I would never do that now because I know too much. There's that side of it, too. Yeah. But I love that just them, they're like, do you want to do that second solo that I can't remember why we put on the album? No. No, it's good. Me neither. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, so, yeah. So there's a difference between... And by the way, when they're asking that question, they're not asking Kirk. That's the, That combo <laughs> we just mocked up was right. Lars and James. Exactly. Well, <laughs> there's a big difference between why did I do that and why did I do that? Like, there's, right. there's like sometimes you, you kind of surprise yourself. You're like, wow, I was that young and I came up with that? That's I hear, cool. Sometimes I'll hear demos that I was writing in the song game like 10 years ago that like maybe I was going through like a, a Depeche Mode thing. It's like all synth heavy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know how I made those sounds. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Pretty weird, dude. Um, so there's not really much else to the, to, uh, except for a couple little things on the end. But, uh, we, you know, after that second solo, we get a verse three. We get, a, yeah, an, we get another awesome turnaround. Right. Separate that two times. And then the last pre-chorus which is the instrumental one, the chord, one chord finally changes, which is such an interesting, uh, just maybe it was a last minute choice, like, hey, well, let's change it up a little bit. So as opposed to the other pre-choruses, this one halfway through, one chord changes. That's it. Instead of doing an A, it is a D. Hmm. Those decisions are so fascinating to me. I know. There's little, th I mean, there's songs that I've written where, like, like I've, maybe I've played a live show and a friend's learning my songs. Like, hey, why does it change one time right there? I'm like, I don't know. It, it just does. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. Well, there's even a, a song in, in Morgan's set that we play, um, The Night. And there's like this kind of outro, you do a little leady thing. Mm -hmm. And at no point does that exact same chord structure happen in the song. Yeah. And it's just like eight, like eight bars. Yeah. It's so weird. It is but, weird. But it fe if it feels good, then it feels good. Yeah. Um, so after that, we have one last chorus. You guessed it. One more. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is the B section, not the turnaround. So we get one more of the. We get that one more time. And then the very last thing you hear. And I, it took me a minute to hear this because, again, one of those things I was like, I've never heard that note in there. So at the very end, you get. Right, to end the song. Mm -hmm. In that is also this. Oh, the little bluesy chord. It's weird. Well, cause I, seven I, chord? Well, yeah, because I, I found uh, like isolated tracks, and I heard that. And I was like, interesting. 
Okay. Like, okay. Put Jimmy Hendrix. Put some funk in there. It's like Parliament funk. I would imagine the, bing, the, bing. The, the, the three or four things I did at the end were that and then and then you got but it's in there. Hmm. It's really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So again, there's not a ton to this song, you know, rhythmically. Um, but again, real fun one to play. You know, going over it last night, I was just I played through it maybe three or four times just to kind of you know get that muscle memory going. And uh, yeah, just real fun. And what do you think about? I mean, it seems really like prescient too, like the lyrical content, kind of about. I mean, the idea is that it's kind of about the blacklisting, the the red scare stuff, the McCarthyism, McCarthyism, yeah. Um, you know communists and right yeah i mean well, it kind of follows the theme of the record censorship political sure. discord you know um dystopian authority right suspicion is your name your honesty is to blame put dignity to shame dishonor witch hunt modern day determining decay the blatant disarray disfigure the public eyes disgrace define commonplace unending paper chase unending deafening painstaking reckoning the vertigo it doth bring it doth bring <laughs> <laughs> they got a little medieval guy in there shortest raw challenging liberty down by law live in infamy rub you raw witch hunt riding through shortest straw the shortest straw has been pulled for you that's such a badass like image i know it really is shortest straw pulled for you i read a couple things i don't go on reddit much but I, I was on there last night and there was a couple theories that were like you know the shortest straw was maybe even a uh, a bit of a nod not a nod but a reference to Cliff drawing the shortest straw on the tour bus accident, but I don't know. Yeah, that that's what one of these... So this little theory says, some Metallica uh, lore claims the song is a reference to the death of the band's original bassist. Some versions of his passing involve Kirk Hammett and Burton playing a game of chance, picking a card or a straw out of a bundle to determine who would sleep where on the tour bus. Burton forced to switch with Hammett and his position on the bus resulted in his death. I don't know, man. I don't really see a lot of cliff in it. Yeah. It's pretty blatantly about... Oh, yeah. It's very blatant lyrically. I mean, he even says blacklist. Right. Listen to this. The accusations fly discrimination. Why? You're in yourself to die intruding. Doubt sunk itself into you. It's teeth and talons through. You're living Catch-22, which is the Joseph Heller novel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever read Catch-22. It's pretty Long wild time book. Ago. Deluding, a mass hysteria, megalomania, reveal dementia, reveal... Secretly, silently, certainly, in vertigo, you will be. And then he, I think he does say blacklist, right? Behind you, hands are tied. You're being ostracized. Your hell is multiplied, upending. The fallout's begun. Oppressive damage done. Your many turned to none. That's killer. Yeah. To nothing. You're reaching your nadir. Nadir. Your will has disappeared. The lie is crystal clear, deafening. Channels red. One word said, blacklisted. With vertigo, you make dead. Vertigo make you dead. So... I don't see this being about Cliff. Yeah, I don't really see it either, but I mean, awesome lyrics. I mean, I I love the idea of James kind of just like wrestling with this concept and yeah. what came out of his like artist brain, right. you know? It's very metally, like some of it's kind of metal, sure. like but some of it's real smart and cool. I would say also too even the metally stuff, I mean, for the time in 1988, I mean, to me, this was a lot. That's way cooler than like reading through some like Slayer lyrics or Megadeth lyrics. This says the shortest draw is a scathing critique of the black. Oh, Megadeth lyric foreclosure of a dream. <laughs> High speed dirt. Oh my god, dude! Psychotron, isn't that one? <laughs> Psychotron, yeah. Um, a scathing critique of the blacklisting of people with controversial political opinions. James Hetfield angrily tells the story of a man discriminated against in what's supposed to be a quote unquote free society. Free. The song specifically references the Red Scare of the 1950s when the U.S. government and private companies teamed up to single out politicians and activists they suspected of having communist sympathies. Many times these anti-communist politicians, especially 
Senator Joseph McCarthy used the Red Scare to get rid of their political opponents. So it's yeah, I mean, he James uses the word witch hunt. It's like right, you know, the great witch hunt shit in America is like some woman wouldn't sleep with you, so you're like, oh, you're a witch. Yeah, you're a witch. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, we decided you're a witch. Yeah, or or a woman's like you know had is into apothecary and wants to like you know heal you with like a right. you know a, some sort of concoction she made. Witch. You're a witch. Bye. You're a witch, yeah. Bye. We'll oh, you, you just walked through the fog? You're a witch. <laughs> walked through fog. <laughs> it was a foggy night, and she walked through it. She's a witch now. Yeah, a foggy night in Salem. Dude, you got to love uh, I love Monty Python when they're like, how do you know she's a witch? She turned me into a newt. A newt. And then it's just, he's just standing there looking at him. He's like, well, I got better. I got better. Because he's obviously not a newt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you remember the? Uh, it reminds me of Monty Python, the Holy Grail, uh, the old SNL skit with um, with Steve Martin, where he's like the healer. It's same kind of like medieval times. Okay, but his solution to everything is just he, they need a bleeding. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it was. It's like he's like he's like sir. I'm like my arm's been chopped off. He's like oh, you just need a bleeding. He's like but I'm already bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because bloodletting was like seen as like a medical yeah. medical treatment. Or if you, you know? got bit by something poisonous or whatever, right? Yeah, then bleed out. Yeah, let's <laughs> just, just bleed. Let him bleed. Yeah, you should watch that. It's pretty good. <laughs> Are you going to give me anything for this? Actually, I'm going to take from you for it. Right. Blood. Blood, or we'll put a leech on you. Well, thank you for breaking down shortest straw for all of us. Hey, uh, no problem. I enjoyed learning more about a song that I like a lot. Yeah, and uh, it's a deep cut dive. That's what the deep cut dives are. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're the deep end of the pool. Join Come on in. The water is warm because I just peed in it. And I just played some hot riffs. Well, thanks to everyone who listens. We love and appreciate you all. If you want to be on a future episode of Metal Tales or you want to get some of these Metallica mystery boxes or vinyl, uh, you need to join us on Patreon. That's where the sauce is. Duh. We appreciate you all. And we need to do another happy hour Zoom soon. We definitely need to, yeah. Because last time you were unavailable, you popped in for a minute. I popped in for a bit while I was about to do Metal Tales, actually. That's right, with Edgar, with right? With Edgar, yeah. Um, well, we appreciate you. You can write in show at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody. You can hop on the Discord. There's a link to the Discord, I believe, below, wherever you're listening to this. There's in a the link description. to that. If you go to, if you go to our, uh, our Instagram as well, there's a thing called Linktree with all the things you can want. All right, let's let the babies go. Yeah, go to bed, babies. Love you guys, and we'll see you on uh, the flip-flop next week. Peace. Adios. you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that.